What's the best way to end a casual relationship? <laughs> How can I tell the person I'm dating that I'm sexually inexperienced? What to do if you're a sexually submissive type married to another sexual Should I break up with the person I'm dating if you sexually likes me? How do I tell my neighbors that they're having loud sex? How many hours or days of no response is considered ghosting? Hmm. assumptions about the world based on things that I actually haven't really looked into. Sure. And so, yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. And so it started off as an opportunity for me to just kind of get a better sense of what I actually believe and mm-hmm. um, where I could maybe get a little bit better in my knowledge base. Well, you're examining your kind of beliefs about things and trying to figure out where there might be blind spots and also just, exactly. it seems like the show is also just about learning about things that you don't know, which is yeah. such well, a great premise for a show. Well, and it's also funny because a lot of times people will ask me follow-ups not realizing that I didn't know anything about the topic until <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. 
That's yeah, great. So, I love it. Yeah. That's also kind of one of the one of my favorite parts about this show is I try and have people on who have expertise in their field yeah. and have a lot of things to share about the topics of sex and love and dating and relationships, but in a specific way that I certainly don't have that, you know, knowledge yeah. base. So and yeah. listening to your show, I can tell my yeah. experience is very different from. <laughs> How so? What do you mean? Well, just personally. Just personally. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, I just caught on to, uh, to Tinder and, and making it actually work. Oh, really? The last few years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, of actual. It's like it's basically a, an exercise in branding. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. You have to like figure it out. Yeah, that's a really good way to describe Tinder, actually. It's an exercise in branding. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so on today's show, so, so to introduce our, our topic and it, just to explain to people if you're listening live, we still will be accepting calls. So if you're listening live and you want to call in or if you want to text into the show, you can still do that and we'll still answer your calls and texts live. And you can also DM the show on my Instagram, which is Soul Friend Radio. So... I'm kind of, I posted a request for people to share their experiences about our topic, which is basically, I think you said it a little bit more eloquently on your okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought your, your, your post yesterday was pretty, oh, good. pretty yeah. on point. Exercise in branding, you know. I did my best not to, to copy-paste it. <laughs> oh, I think I might have actually copy-pasted your thing that you originally approached me oh, with. <laughs> so, so basically, and I think that you also had wanted to kind of keep it open in terms of if, as you did some research, it changed, but our original seed for the show was we were going to try and talk about how much dating has changed in our lifetime and how it's evolved in relationship to technology, cars, beepers, phones, whatever that yeah. kind of brings up in the research that, you know, you have done. <laughs> also, the cool part about this is that I'm going to be presented to in a way, oh, yeah. but also I, you know, did my own, a little bit of my own kind of research a little bit. Um, but yeah, so, and then we have some comments from people talking mostly about how technology and how their relationship to dating has changed in relationship with technology. A lot of questions about, not necessarily questions, but more um, people sharing about their experience of how social media has changed their relationship oh, to yeah. I got a little dating. Bit. It's pretty much all negative. Spoiler alert. No one likes it. It's <laughs> actually, I have a positive spin on it at the end. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I'm pretty excited about it. But, you know, yeah. you, like like, you, like yeah. you said, you start off with an idea, but then you start right. going down a click hole. Right. Basically, just my show is basically just me pursuing click holes. You're basically just finding a way that you can spend time on the internet and then exactly. share all of your yeah, research, exactly. which actually is a great premise because so much of the things that we find out, or that I'll just speak for myself, use I statements. So much of the things that I wind up learning when I am quote unquote procrastinating and wasting time and trying to avoid doing whatever specific task I'm trying to do is some of the most interesting stuff and there's not necessarily a conversation bring <laughs> it up exactly. where you get to talk about whatever silly story or interesting fact that you read so exactly love that you basically built the whole show around that as a premise <laughs> yeah and it's also it, it, uh, it keeps me honest with like a deadline to mm -hmm. sort of because research is sort of part of the practice right, right. Of, yeah of being an artist mm -hmm. so. Um, R and D. I remember I first heard that term not that long ago, and I, I didn't research into that. I didn't because I'm a photographer. I'm trained as a photographer. I'm a psychotherapist now. I also have a photography practice as well. But I photographers. It's not. It's not so much of a. I don't know. It's just it never came. 
I never had heard that term. I feel like it's more people who are maybe building things or kind of. Yeah. I don't know. Research yeah. and development and research and design seems mm-hmm. very corporate. And so, right. Like, yeah. I, I still have artist friends that cringe when I say branding. So. Branding. <laughs> yeah. It's a different thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so culturally, actually, there was a really interesting event at uh, Common Field. They had a convening. I'll. I'll Assume people know what Common Field is. I don't know what Common Field is. What's Common Field? It's uh, it's an organization that gets a lot of um, spaces, like mm-hmm. alternative spaces, to organize together. And mm-hmm. it, they, they give lectures and teach. teach Here in Los Angeles? Yes. Well, now they're based in Los Angeles. They okay. used to be. They're a, a national organization. Oh, okay. But they had one, uh, an interesting conversation just about how to teach artists to use these kinds of uh, terminology with, mm-hmm. like, yeah, because there's a lot of overlap, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there's a lot of words that between branding and kind of advertising industries and art industries, well, or just in art practices, and art practices, right? Practice right? But we define it differently. We wouldn't right. call it branding. We would call it a, a voice, maybe. Right. You know, especially because I also my background is also in photography. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Although I work not so much in photography anymore. Right. Um, it is very much a process of editing. Mm-hmm. And so, it, like, so there is a lot of uh, discourse, and, and since it is, since a lot of the history of photography is very much based on documentation, what, which is changing now, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's, it is a really exciting uh, sort of way of, like, of learning about the world because mm-hmm. you learn about imagery, mm-hmm. right? And so you're learning about how it can be propagandistic mm-hmm. in, in photography. Uh, learning history of photography, yeah. and then you get out into the corporate world, and they're like, yeah, it's propagandistic. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> What's that um, Errol Morris book, Seeing is Believing? Have you heard I'm of not it? Familiar, uh, it's, well, he's a great, um, he makes a lot of films as well, but it's basically just talking about how photography is used as a tool to paint history in a certain light, and yeah. it's fascinating. Oh, it's yeah. a great book. Yeah, I highly that recommend it. Errol Morris, Errol Seeing Morris. is Believing. Yeah, it's great. I might, I might be looking at that. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. Well, should we get started? I'm so excited yeah. to hear what you, what research you have pulled for us. Oh, well, okay. So I did yeah. try to stick to that Victorian. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, that, sorry. The technology. The, uh, the technology idea. So mm-hmm. Let's start with, Victorian, with the Victorian era. Okay. Because... What I'm interested in right now for this episode is the idea of when we went from courtship, mm-hmm. which was primarily focused on the objective being to get married, mm-hmm. which we might come back to a little bit later when we talk about the 90s and we talk about sure. the rules. Oh, right. Yeah, um, a little bit. Okay, wait. I'm just going to interrupt really fast. The okay. rules, is, and, and I'll be really short with it because I want to talk about the rules later. Yeah, no, I'm excited about that. Oh, man. I had never <laughs> looked at the rule, this book. From, is it from the 90s? Yeah, I, it's from the 90s. I knew books no. in high school that read it. That really read it. It's so oppressive and brainwashing. I, <laughs> I know that. Yeah, I've heard that it's considered anti-feminist and outdated and things like that. Yeah. But these things, the, the actual rules, seem so just they're just trying to brainwash you. It's oh, no. so offensive, and it's well, just like I can't even believe that in '95 this was something that people. Yeah. Anyway. No, I'm going to just back up your point by reading uh, a couple of the last few ones. Yeah, in, please. In anticipation. Yeah, in anticipation um, of me reading through all of the because in the beginning they do they list all the rules and how many there's like 30 or 40. 35. I think. 30. Yeah, there's 35. So yeah, what are the? Okay, so I really like at the end we get into don't break the rules. Right. <laughs> don't break the rules. Do the rules, you'll be happy. But, uh, if you do the rules, you will live happily ever after. Yeah. And then uh, don't discuss the rules with your therapist. Right. <laughs> I specifically went 
to that page. That was the one that I went to immediately. <laughs> uh, when I saw it, I just lost it. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. And then, uh, a dude if your friends or parents think you're not. Right. I read that one, too, and it basically tells you techniques to hide your true feelings. It oh says, basically, if you're mother says something, you know, honey, I'm worried about you, that you're doing all these things, just nod and agree and then change the subject. It was, wow. like, it's really insane. And that's so to extreme. <laughs> yeah, with the end goal of marrying a man, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. but I did actually know girls, <sighs> and I say girls because we were kids. We were kids, yeah. yeah. Um, that, that were definitely into that. It's really a lot more offensive than that. And, Obviously heteronormative yeah. and all these things, but it's just, it's so extreme. Yeah. Yeah. We'll read them, but yeah, please continue. So you anyway, started so Victorian era, era, which is, having started here, is mm-hmm. when I realized where a lot of this uh, brainwashing mentality, mentality comes from. Mm-hmm. And right. so the Victorian era is basically uh, when Victoria was crowned queen, and it started mm-hmm. from 1837, which is when she was crowned, and she mm-hmm. died in 1901. So that's when it's considered to be ending. Okay. We'll see how this sort of is something that people rebel against in the 1920s, mm-hmm. which is coming up. But the period is uh, marked by just a general sense of narrow-mindedness mm-hmm. in culture towards fashion and, um, mm-hmm. and etiquette. And a lot of fashion centered around proper behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so would not do well in Victorian era. <laughs> Well, I don't think that's, uh, it's just not a good look, also. I still have to remember to eat with my mouth closed. Oh, I really? sometimes forget. And I, I mean, if I'm alone, sure, it's different. But if I'm out in public, I, yeah, it's just. Oh, yeah. I went through a period where I was eating yeah. alone a lot. And I had to remind <laughs> myself when I would go out and eat with friends, I was just like. close your mouth when you're eating. Yeah. Well, just like, there are rules. <laughs> They're yeah. basic rules. Yeah. And they exist for when you have company. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so it's all about kind of how you behave in front of others and then wardrobe that kind of presents you in a certain way, kind of. But it's also kind of weird because it was started by a woman, right? So this mm-hmm. all comes from the queen. And so mm-hmm. she has a very specific idea of how the woman should be, which is this helpless image of uh, yeah. seen as being a delicate flower who needs man, a man to right. uh, take charge. Mm-hmm. And That's confusing, though, because you're right. It is a matriarch, but then she's promoting these messages yeah. of servitude and obedience. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think it also has a little bit, like, she, it comes up that she is a little bit of a, a person that associates makeup with prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of no makeup. Oh, really? At the time. Interesting. Uh, the woman's position was in the home and to manage families. And her career was seen as her marriage and her family. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that just seems like you could possibly imagine that. Yeah. But, and then all of her life was in preparation for the grooming of this career. So your education right. was a very restrictive sort of options. Ugh, yeah. Um, so courtship during this fabulous time <laughs> yeah. um, was basically the dating period that came before marriage. Mm-hmm. And so not every courtship ended up in marriage. So there were very mm-hmm. strict guidelines to sort of keep women from losing, from being tarnished. And mm-hmm. that was a mm-hmm. big concern. So the courtship uh, period was defined by strict rules. A woman could never be alone with a gentleman. The chaperone had to be a, a present at all times. Wow, yeah. A single woman could not start a conversation with a man without being formally introduced. Wow. 
with my occasional social shyness, which comes up. People are confused when I say that because I'm pretty outgoing, but sometimes I get socially shy. So maybe that's one thing I would have liked about the Victorian era was not having to introduce myself if I were experiencing a moment of shyness. (laughs) Yeah. I think there also is something of a buffer there that happens because I also think that men probably couldn't just approach women without being introduced. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping. I actually don't know that for a fact. (laughs) But... so wild. Yeah. Yeah. Get us out of this period. Yeah, yeah. We're about to get into like brighter times. Yeah. Um, like, when do we get to the online dating? No, no. <laughs> no and it's also rude for a dude to be talking about, <laughs> about women being the Also, you know what I'm noticing? Um, because you are like, and you had talked, you had brought up the idea that you wanted me to obviously do whatever research I wanted so that it wasn't like you were mansplaining things to yeah. me. But I'm um, noticing that your chair. <laughs> Lower than mine. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> and my microphone is a lot higher and bigger <laughs> yeah. than yours. I'm so so you're kind happy. of like at a downward angle from me of about a foot. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it puts me in a very uh, uh, you're in the lead position, <laughs> right. which yeah. I'm totally happy with because cool. this, this is uh, th- it's it's nice to be a guest on someone else's show. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. nice to have you. Thank you. So during the courtship, there was no physical contact, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Unless you were walking on a bumpy road, in which case mm-hmm. it was okay to sort of help hold out, hands hold or hands oh, right. steady the lady. Steady the lady. Because okay. she's so fragile. Sure. But you have to walk on the outside of yeah. the road so that in case there's mud or an accident yeah, or something. Yeah, like the like the yeah, yeah. That was actually like the it's starting point. Right. The We're starting point of this whole premise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you brought it up because I didn't include it. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's one of the more well-known things of the Victorian era that people talk about, just in terms of the whole walking thing, because I've also encountered that in terms of having this idea of wanting a man to walk on the the dangerous side, quote unquote, of the street to protect me. <laughs> is, that, is that something that you're you're into? I've been aware of it, and then I kind of maybe asked some friends. I don't know. Somehow it came up in conversation. Then I realized that there was this kind of history behind men walking on the outside, so that in so case you a, a person doing this while you're on a date. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. one of my, my first boyfriend actually was extremely chivalrous. He was from the south, and he you know, would open the car door for me and open every door for me and would always walk and made a big deal about walking, you know, about the street and walking thing. And so then I think that I maybe started noticing when other boyfriends or other people that I was dating didn't do that. (laughs) I noticed the thoughts and then maybe did a little bit of my own research and figured out where it came from. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, So touching is okay if you're wanting to save the woman from a bump in the rip. Yeah. And what what that makes me think is that all my dates would be on bumpy roads, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Only walk on the bumpiest of roads. Yeah. Top of hand, feel every chance I can Every chance, yeah. Um, Uh, It's funny. And so, of course, it finally began with a conversation, just a simple, like, hello, blah, 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 after the introduction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then they would probably walk together with a chaperone Mm -hmm. and spend time together at social events. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a chaperone. I guess I, the chaperone is implied by it being a group thing. And okay. we see that group uh, dating is like a big thing. Okay. Uh, moving in, moving into the future. Mm-hmm. But um, if everything went well, sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't, mm-hmm. and you just moved on. And okay. So that's why it's kind of like dating, even though it's courtship. Interesting. Not multiple court. You can't take multiple suitors at one time. Right. But, but you can still sort of... Basically like, be shopping. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these rules are so that you don't get 
tarnished. Mm-hmm. Right? Tarnished. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I don't think Dylan got tarnished. I know it's not your language. It's okay. But, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but once that happened, you were allowed to hold hands mm-hmm. and take unchaperoned walks mm-hmm. and carriage rides. Okay. Oh, wow. And once the kind of initial, was there, cho- was there like period of choosing or selecting that had to kind of be discussed or how was that? I think was it having the exclusive combo or how was it? No, I think it, it, no exclusivity on, uh, or no private rendezvous until after engagement had been determined. Oh, okay. So, it's like, so okay. If you had, and then I'm sure it had to be very polite if you turned it You down. might have just said that. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. Okay. And then... Could spend time together in a private room when you engage, but you mm-hmm. have to leave before dark. And mm-hmm. any deviation from these rules, as I've already said, would ruin a woman's reputation beyond repair. Wow. Which is pretty horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> a little extreme. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. So, yay Victorian times. Yay Victorian times. And I'll skip through this part a little okay. bit. Basically, the main uh, highlights remaining in the Victorian era is yeah. that makeup was not okay. Oh, yeah, only okay for prostitutes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so what women would start to do is yeah. pinch their cheeks oh. to get a little color and bite their lips to get a little rosy. Wow. And then they also had, like, weird home remedies where it wasn't makeup, but they would use, like, egg yolks and things like that. Oh, wow. Strange. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, Styles became less ostentatious, mm-hmm. and they wore, like, ev- all the styles became narrower instead of the big hoopy stuff mm-hmm. that, that had came before. And yeah. corsets were used, they were common, but they weren't necessarily for fashion. Mm-hmm. They believed that it maintained your posture and kept your internal organs in line. Oh, interesting. Huh. <laughs> That's a funny way to paint that <laughs> piece of clothing. <laughs> It's not to make you look a certain way. It's just to help your organs stay intact. I love the idea of organs staying just yeah, perfectly just lined perfectly up. Just perfectly lined up. It's thing, but with yeah, torture devices. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's those little posture devices yet. Have you heard of these? No. Um, okay. Are they new? Well, I think so, yeah. It's um, a friend of mine works kind of in tech, and she uses one. It's basically because she's noticed that she wants to improve her posture, and it's basically a little thing you clip to your kind of upper shoulder chest area. It's very small, it's the size of a quarter. And somehow you set it when you're standing upright in your quote-unquote kind of per- like perfect posture. And then if you hunch a little bit, it gives you a little vibration. <laughs> so it basically makes you, through little mini shocks, sit up straight, stand up straight. It seems really aggressive, but... There was a show on Netflix that did a thing on um, on all the gadgets that are going to start controlling our lives. Mm. It can get pretty terrifying. Oh, it's wow. like there's a, a wait, not Black Mirror. No, <laughs> no this was this was White Rabbit Project. Oh, it's I remember. It's like a doc. It's the people from uh, Mythos. Mm. Right? Cool. That aren't the main two guys. Oh, they, they who else is there? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Pretty other people. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched that show in a while. Yeah. Okay. But so. Um, so what's the next, uh, or do we finish Victorian era? Yeah, we're done with okay. Victorian era. Uh, cool. when the next real big thing that I want to, oh, and that was all from the uh, FragranceX.com, an okay. article called Fashion Courtship in the Victorian Era, era. Cool. Fashion and Courtship. Okay. And um, so when did courtship become dating? When do you think that happened? Just as a guess. Oh, I'm so bad at this. Um, I, 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 mean, I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. I have no idea. This is what I found like most exciting. Okay. So in the 1920s, yeah, 
courtship became dating. And all the the what was the difference? Courtship was intended to lead to marriage, so typically oh, that was the okay. ending, whereas dating was a little bit more casual. Oh, okay. And so this is where it gets a little bit better for women. Okay. This is all from, also, which is fun, uh, the themobmuseum.com. Hmm. I don't know about this museum. Well, it's a place in Las Vegas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> about the mob, I'm assuming. Cool. Uh, I just always like to give my sources so that people can be skeptical sure. if they need to be. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so World War II was rough on Americans, and it left the mm-hmm. generation, it left the generation looking for new ways to live and find meaning. Mm-hmm. This led to changes in societal attitudes, especially among young women. Mm-hmm. They rebel against the 19th century Victorian restrictions. Mm-hmm. It was like 20 years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and men and women started to go on dates without adult chaperones, which is another mm-hmm. big thing. So 20, 1920s. 1920s. Okay. What do you, what, any books yeah. that come to mind? Because I have one that I you know, no, uh-uh. with, um, What about you? The uh, Great Gatsby. Oh. That was like one of the few high school books that I read. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was like, Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> this, this is, is awesome. boring. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched the, the new movies. Oh, uh, I saw the movie. Yeah. Any it, was, it was good. Yeah. Um, so what made this uh, an important time was two important constitutional amendments. Mm-hmm. The 18th and the 19th. Okay. The 18th prohibited the making, transporting, and selling of alcoholic beverages. Mm-hmm. And the 19th gave women the right to vote. Oh, okay. These two combined. What year was this? I should know this as a woman. Oh. Uh, uh, it's not air. You don't know what. Well, this is why. Podcast show is normally recorded and then edited, so we have plenty of discussions about what's it going to be like for you if you're on air. I'll just try and ask you as many really specific questions about specific timelines and dates from here on out and just watch you melt as I sit on my chair that's slightly higher than yours. (laughs) Just kidding. Well, I am really uncomfortable with this device you made me wear so that I have to ask you. Strong shock, right? Well, when you said that, I thought it was going to be like one of those things that, um, like back when. Keeps your organs intact? Yes, exactly. No, sorry, what were you going to say? So, so women can vote, no alcohol. And obviously women felt newly empowered mm-hmm. because they could actually take part in, mm-hmm. in society. Having an opinion. Yeah, that's a big deal. And they were allowed to express it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then prohibition. Prohibition led to speakeasies, which were underground, mm-hmm. underground clubs that sold illegal liquor. Mm-hmm. And this really, this combination of amendments really changed dating forever because mm-hmm. speakeasies were replaced, were, were eventually replaced with a traditional saloon, which mm-hmm. had been mostly rowdy places that um, were dirty and intended for men. Mm-hmm. Women who went to these saloons were looked upon unfavorably, quite and um, and so now they could take a seat at the bar among men as paying customers. Mm-hmm. Men and women could dance, mingle, and drink. Mm-hmm. The individuals uh, this spe- and the, the speakeasies were hidden little mm-hmm. places made the seem a little bit more exciting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then 
that's when. It seems like it had to have been real, though, because I feel like there are bars here in L.A. where you have to say a password or there's some kind of. You are way cooler than me. I have never been to one of those. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just it seems like such a hokey thing and it never quite, you know, it just doesn't feel like we're actually doing anything wrong by going to a bar. We're not breaking any real rules. It just kind of feels like. And also what I find interesting about this is, is it's basically a description of the modern bar scene, right? So like right. in the yeah. 1920s, prohibition is really what made it from a place where, like, because women could just drink, but socially mm-hmm. among themselves in private. Right. But they didn't really have, like, a place where they could go out and have drinks. So. Mm-hmm. And if you went to these bars, then your reputation was basically... Yeah, I mean, not that you really, like, yeah. we're going beyond dive bar here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 the the underground, probably. Yeah. Or just super secret. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, no, the speakeasies were, were the cool spots. I'm, oh, talk- okay. I'm talking about the saloons that came before the speakeasies. Oh, by okay. Making, by making this a, a, a private club thing, mm-hmm. it made it became a little bit safer for women, mm-hmm. it became a little bit more popular, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and so, so yeah, so that's when, like, the mixed uh, cocktail became really popular. And so it was, like, almost 100 years ago, and that's, I mean, that's 1920. a long time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, and that's, that's how the bar scene has been since then. I mean, obviously, it's mm-hmm. going to fluctuate. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. It's fascinating. And so women did, uh, rebelled against their parents' idea of how they should dress and behave. I feel like that's first still time. happening. This is the first time that they could gain independence because by 1929, about half of single women had jobs. Mm-hmm. And they had the freedom to have their own spaces and make their own choices. So they right. were living under their parents' scrutiny. So it, right. was, it was an interesting time. Yeah. Uh, this is when they didn't uh, replace courtship. Which, as I mm-hmm. talked about, is where, is a, like a more casual. You're not just version. trying to get married; you're just dating. Kind yeah, of. yeah. Date multiple partners at the same time. Right, right. Uh, whatever that means. Yeah. To whatever degree you feel comfortable being intimate. Fast forward. Now we're <laughs> now <laughs> <called> on monogamy, <laughs> yeah. relationships, and polyamory. Yeah. yeah. Although I don't think poly, I think that the '60s taught us that polyamory is not for everybody. Like, what's oh, right. a cultural thing where everybody like there yeah. were a lot of hurt feelings in that time. I guess. Yeah. Sense. I mean, I feel like. It's a complicated equation. You have to have a certain level of maturity that I probably don't have. Yeah, it requires so much communication. It's a, there's a lot that goes into it. It's, like it's a commitment to really work at these yeah. relationships. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And you're amazing at boundary setting. It's so amazing at boundary setting. <laughs> yeah. Great observation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I love two non-polyamorous people talking. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you don't know that about me, but... Oh, I mean, just, again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> making assumptions. Yeah, just tell me all about my life. Just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> yeah, so... So courtship, date. So people can now kind of date, and it's not so much of, I want to get married, and it's kind of more pleasurable, it's kind even, of. It's, it's probably even like, more so the opposite way, where if you are yeah. intending to get married, you might scare people away. You think so? From well, I think... I think uh, depending on age, right. we're talking yeah. people really young. Right, right. We're talking people entering their twenties, and that's yeah, the people got married so young. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, I guess I don't know that, but I, yeah. yeah well, I assume. <laughs> no, it, it, it's a pretty safe assumption. Yeah. Although yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is the the youngest people were getting married. That happens in the fifties. Oh, okay. But yeah. Um, yeah. The, the new technologies, mm-hmm. as promised, that contributed. To oh, this right. Thing, yeah. Uh, were 
Up until then, cars had open bodies. Open bo- Oh, so like you were just Outside, right. riding around, and you probably had to put like a poncho and glasses, which also wasn't wow. very sexy. Yeah, <laughs> well, you had cars coming out that were enclosed, right? Which gave you a sense of privacy, and you can make out in the back seat, right? And if you didn't want to get caught doing that, because that made, that was also kind of frowned upon. Mm-hmm. I think they called it snug pugs or something. <gasps> really, like that's a term for making out with snug pugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stuck with you, that was a good yeah. thing. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So if you didn't want to do that, you could then go to jazz clubs because jazz is happening at the same time. Speakeasies. Okay. So, you could, so and yeah. do people make out in jazz clubs and things? No. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, really? It, okay. well, they were all private. They were, right, right. Yeah, there was, and it was it yeah. courtship outside of like the home. Right. In your parlor, in mm-hmm. the chaperone, and brought it out into the open yeah. space, into the open sphere. Mm-hmm. You, could, you have this freedom that automobiles give you now. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, it's mobile privacy. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah. of just like, oh, everybody sees you right, driving around town. Right, right. And it's probably a little bit cozier. Although yeah. cars now are like amazingly cozy. I'm They're sure. so cozy. I was just talking to a friend of mine in New York who was on the subway, and she was saying how much she, and she was basically saying that she was surrounded by people who are all semi-staring at her and just that it smelled terrible and that, you know, you can smell everyone's bad breath and B.O. and it's just gross and it's, it's hot there. And she was basically just saying that she misses her little mobile apartment <laughs> in her car, you know, because it's such a nice little private zone. You've got your heat control, your air conditioning, you can bring yeah. snacks, you can listen to podcasts, you can do whatever you want in your little car. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and like, yeah. You can all, sometimes I'll, I'll commute to the west side on my bicycle. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's That's like, a commitment. I hope there's an outfit change that happens at oh, the end yes. of that bike ride. <laughs> it's a serious one. Yeah. Um, but, oh, I mean, it's not a full bike ride. I take the metro. Oh, you take yeah, the yeah, metro. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I everybody knows what L.A. living is like. Yeah. It's yeah. still two hours. That's why. That's I, a long time. Yeah. Wow. But what I miss is that yeah. little, like, cozy little space, you know, like, it, it takes, now I have to wait until I get all the of way home. Car. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, once I'm in yeah. my car, I can just block out the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. So, that was a big thing, and it was yeah. a big part of, uh, you know, American culture mm-hmm. throughout the, the time. Yeah. In, in, if you, I, we can jump ahead to, like, the 60s. Sure. Have yeah. you seen American Graffiti? Have I seen American Graffiti? George Lucas movie, one of his first. Not T- not THX 1138, but... I don't think that I have. I feel like it's a movie that's been on my list to see for a long time, but I don't think I have. No. It's, Tell about, me. it's about kids hanging out in cars, mm-hmm. driving down a strip, flirting with each other from car to car. Oh, it sounds great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really fun movie. I actually kind of wish I had had time to rewatch it. I'll bump it. it up on my list, Yeah. 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 But, so they're they're all just hanging out, mm-hmm. uh, and and there's even a thing where I think one person jumps from one car to another while they're mm-hmm. driving. That's oh, wow. thing. Fun. You know, antics mm-hmm. uh, for kids. Yeah. Um, well, that's a part. Not to jump ahead too far, but that was a part of my one of my comments in terms of just how dating in LA. There's so much to consider with cars and with if someone's going to pick you up. If they do, what. What does their car say about them? Do you like the music that they're playing? Is it clean? There's so much that goes into it. It's really stressing you know. me out right now. <laughs> but actually, that this time is much less of a thing because of Lyft and Uber and all these car yeah. 
services. So I don't think, I think that now people just meet somewhere. And I think it's less of a thing to pick up a date, you know. Yeah. That was even something that someone would offer, you well, know. According to the rules, you don't meet someone halfway. <laughs> <laughs> we can jump around. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think people wanted to get into, you, you know, like, a summary of the other, of the other months or yeah. of the other decade would be yeah. just basically that in the 40s, there were a lot of these, um, are you popular? Uh-huh. Are you a good citizen? Right. Or like, uh, uh, how do you ask someone out on a date? All these like, mm-hmm. propaganda films that were being made by adults to mm-hmm. sort of give kids from, like, after the Second World War mm-hmm. sort of a, a role to play, like, give them like, a little bit of mm-hmm. guidance. And so mm-hmm. that really informed... That always goes over well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> giving children. Yeah, exactly. Teens guidance. And so, like, all the media was, like, leave it to Beaver and that kind of stuff. Father knows best. But right. people make the point that if kids were behaving, they wouldn't have been making these propaganda films to begin with. Right. Wait, I'm going to interrupt because there's something funny that's happening that only has happened. This is kind of an exciting moment. It's happened maybe a year and a half ago on the show. So because we record this show, if you're listening to the podcast, you might not know. Maybe you do. But this show is recorded live in Chinatown at K-Chung Radio, and we're on 1630 AM frequency. And it's happened before, and I can slightly hear another, like, a background music playing. Mm-hmm. It's like it must be picking up from a different frequency. So we're going to just take a couple of seconds and listen in. Listen in. See if okay. you can hear it. It's really yeah. faint, but do you hear it? Yeah. It couldn't ever happen unless we were recording on an actual frequency. So it's that's really nice. No, that's that's really technology. Stuff. It's kind of a strange thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I just kept hearing it and wondering if there was someone from the lounge playing music or something <laughs> happening. Yeah. Okay, John, we've got a whole little um, floor here. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, not to interrupt too much. But no, 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 no. This is your show. I, I'm trying to feel like I've taking it all up. No, this has been so fascinating. I want to save a little bit of time to go over the rules, though, because they're just so crazy. I'm just going to read, what did you say? There's 35 of them. I'm just going to read these for our audience because I feel like, I mean, I don't know if I know anyone. So you knew people in high school that were really doing it? Really? Okay, that's... That's actually the first time I ever heard this. Yeah. Well, as I was reading these... A few people do come to mind in terms of friends of mine who have said things that are similar to these, just in terms of, yeah. you know, these these dating maxims that you're supposed to follow and things like this. And so I realized that maybe some of this was taken from <laughs> rules. So let's just read the, the rules themselves, I mean. Yeah. Okay, so rule one, be a, quote, unquote, creature unlike any other, end quote. I don't even know what that one is, but so strange. Okay. Rule two, don't talk to a man first and don't ask him to dance. <laughs> cool. I would love if someone just came up to me and asked me to dance. Wouldn't that be great? The yeah. assumption that I can dance yeah. is so flattering. <laughs> Well, you said you're athletic. You work in an athletic field. Yeah. Rule three, don't stare at men or talk too much. I would fail at this rule instantly. Which one, the talking too much or the staring at men? Oh, I was thinking more of the talking. Yeah, I'm on the talking. <laughs> four, although I'm trying to think, do I stare at men? I don't think I stare at men any more than anybody else. Rule four, don't meet him halfway or go Dutch on a date. Also, an outdated principle. I mean, I think that I know certain people that still like to have this kind of 
gender dynamic in heterosexual dating, which, again, we should mention, this is all just completely heteronormative. There's no, yes. like, anything oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> sex mentioned at yeah. all. But, yeah, I mean, okay, I feel like this is a topic in terms of how people are sharing finances and is that a conversation in their relationship and people will choose yeah. to do it a different, like, however they want. I feel like this is something that society has established as a conversation that we have had, so. Okay, so that was rule four. Rule five, don't call him and rarely return his calls. Uh, this is just the gamey part about dating, which I always discourage people from doing just because I feel like it's exhausting for all parties involved. Rule six, always end phone calls first. Really, are we in the movies? Well, you know, so, no, no one says goodbye. And no one says that. goodbye. <laughs> just hang out. It's so strange. That would just be infuriating. Right? Like, Every time you talk to your girlfriend, if you're straight, like, they always get off the so, phone first. They're so, like, empowering through uh, passive aggression. Passive aggression, and then just assuming that your role isn't equal, and so therefore you have to yeah. create a power dynamic where you're yes. asserting yourself in a passive-aggressive way, yeah. as you mentioned. No, exactly. It's so awful on so many levels. Rule 6 is basically saying that if you share too, in my interpretation, that if you share too much of yourself, that you'll be rejected. That's how I interpret that rule. Yeah, and that kind of comes up a, a yeah. little bit in another rule. That, yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't have any feelings no. or share anything about yourself. Rule seven, don't accept a Saturday night date after Wednesday. <laughs> that is a funny one because... I just laugh at that. Do you accept Saturday night dates? I mean, it's just so preposterous that I have no opinion. I just simply yeah. laugh. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no I mean, rules about this. <laughs> it's funny because my rule is I don't do that, usually because by that time people are already have plans. But not as a, but not as a like, perception. Like, it's just like sure. a practical thing. It's like, oh, sure. they're probably busy by... Wednesday, they might have plans. Yeah. yeah. So, totally. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's coming from a much different place, I think. Okay, yeah. <laughs> this is me spirit, yeah. for sure. <laughs> okay, rule eight. Fill up your time before the date. I don't know what that means. Fill up your time before the date. I guess we could read chapter whatever that is. On I would that. Which, by the way, it is available online for anyone who really feels like just laughing hysterically. <laughs> I did not purchase this book, but I found it for free online. If you just Google the rules PDF, you can find it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, fill up your time before the date. I don't know. I think that just means don't stand around waiting for the date and, like, you yeah. know, um, building fantasies. Like, like just build anxiety. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, that, like, that makes sense. Like, when I was going to do this live taping, I said myself, this yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I know. I remember the first episode that I did. I was so nervous on oh. this show because I'd never been on the radio before, and it's a little nerve wracking so talking live. When you came in here, I just sat, sat and watched you like just like get <laughs> in business mode. I was like, I, I felt weird even speaking into a microphone until you asked me to. <laughs> I mean, it has gotten easier, but it's the same amount of difficult. It's just that through the process of doing it so much and then hearing yourself say, I'm a bunch, and you just, accept it. you just have to accept it. And so it's actually been a really nice exercise for me to just work on self-compassion. And no one's listening saying, oh, that was a dumb thing. Like, no one cares. You know, no one's I feel like I'm going to say something that's going to ruin my reputation forever. If I was 
at least something that you can't, like, apologize for. Sure. We're not, like, out here making, like, both claims. Sure, yeah. Okay, but wait, we got to make it through, and we're actually running out of time, which is crazy that it happens so quickly. Okay, I'm just going to power through these rules because I feel like it's an important thing. But if nothing else, if you're listening, that you can take that hopefully you will have the sense of that we have moved on as a society and you can have a sense of pride even though there's still a lot of things that face us that are really challenging and difficult in terms of our move towards progress of equality or women's rights or you know any type of injustice that you want to kind of take on that is really up right now you can at least look to the rules and see how far we have come okay let's see where was i okay don't accept the date a Saturday night date after Wednesday. Fill up your time before a date. Rule 9, how to act on dates 1, 2, and 3. Rule 10, how to act on dates 4. <laughs> 4 through commitment time. I love how that is just punched into, like, one map. One rule. Yeah. Three dates for details, and then just, like, yeah. next stop. Yeah, next stop. <laughs> rule 11, always end the date first. Rule 12, stop dating him if he doesn't buy you a romantic gift for your birthday. <laughs> Not if it doesn't buy you. Oh my god. It has to be romantic. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, That is really funny. It's really funny because, yeah, I've definitely read into gifts that boyfriends have given me and tried to figure out what I thought it said about our relationship in newer phases of the relationship. I mean, maybe just like a birthday gift that was kind of like neutral. I don't remember, but you know, maybe like a candle or something that was just kind of like, oh, that's a nice gift, but like, or like a nice candle store, but you know, yeah. but I'm, I don't even know that that's specific, but just something like that where yeah. it's like, oh, well, it's not necessarily personal, but I like it, so thank you, you know, that kind of vibe. But. Yeah. Um, rule 13, don't see him more than once or twice a week. Okay. Rule 14, no more than casual kissing on the first date. Rule is, is, that, yeah. Does that include making out? Casual kissing? I don't know. I, I, think, think, I, think, casual kissing, I feel like casual kissing is not making out. I feel like yeah. casual kissing is probably a slight open mouth kiss at an end of the date or something. Something I don't coy. Know. Something coy. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Um... Rule 15, don't rush into sex and other rules for intimacy. <laughs> so many, so many comments on all of these, but we're just going to keep reading. <laughs> Rule 16, don't tell him what to do. <laughs> another, another offensive one. Uh, yeah, I sometimes have to work on how bossy. I can be a little bossy sometimes. Rule um, 17, we don't like that word anymore. Bossy? Is bossy a bad word? Maybe? Yes. Really? Yeah, because it's Pejoratively. And only on girls, mostly. Oh, right. We right. don't ever call men bossy. Yeah, that's true. I do, but yeah. <laughs> I guess I should just say that I can be a little, but how are you supposed to say it? Because sometimes I recognize that I am kind of telling people what to do around me, so it, it's overly assertive. Would that be more? Overly assertive is more kind. It's more kind. It's more gentle. I like that. I believe that language has a great impact, so it's good to know that bossy is not as good of a word these days. Okay, don't tell what to do. Uh, rule 17, let him take the lead. Rule 18, don't expect a man to change or try to change him. Rule 19, don't op- open up too fast. Rule 20, be honest but mysterious. That was a fun, like... <laughs> be honest but mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> means nothing. Yeah, means nothing. And it's basically just saying don't be honest. Or or be honest but don't... Don't overshare. Overshare, yeah. right. To talk too much again. Yes, to talk too much again. I mean, I appreciate... 
I can take that, and even though I feel as though its intention is entirely oppressive, I can actually understand a little bit of the premise, which you can interpret and be really generous in your interpretation and say that perhaps there's a sense of keeping boundaries of, about yourself and your emotional life and not asking for too much from someone else at a really early stage in a relationship, which I feel like is something that is healthy. Well, the way this is very generous, and this is not saying that. <laughs> you can do it with this one, but not with Paul so much. Don't talk to me. It's not saying don't look for other people to fulfill your emotional needs. It's saying be honest with the story. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. Be um, withholding. Be withholding, yeah. <laughs> Rule 21, accentuate the positive and other rules for personal ads, which is so funny because personal ads were a thing. Yeah. yeah we didn't even There's a whole thing about ads in the, in the book. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm sure. Yeah. Rule 22, don't live with a man or leave your things in his apartment. <laughs> Question. Yeah. Apartment? Oh. <laughs> exactly. Good catch. Aren't we only going to Good catch. I didn't even see that. Rule 23, don't date a married man. Mm, okay. I mean, that's maybe a good rule. I don't know. That's maybe the one that I agree with the most so far. What if they're in an open relationship? What if they're in an open relationship? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Well, I guess if your objective is to get married, though. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to the happened before. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the premise of this, heterosexual dating with the intention, sole intention of getting married. Rule 24, slowly involve him in your family and other rules for women with children. Oh, interesting. So they're <laughs> not just completely excluding women who have had other relationships yeah, with like 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 children. No, we, we didn't. We, we yeah. could have just been like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> just don't tell him you've got children. Okay, rule 25, practice, practice, practice. We're getting good at the rules. Oh, my God. This, this is, is where it starts to get culty. <laughs> Oh, yeah, thanks. Okay, rule 26. Even if you're engaged or married, you still need the rules. Don't forget to keep buying our books and reading yes, our books. Yeah. But is there more than one book? I don't actually know that because it it's seems like once you read it. There was a 2000 version of the book. Really? Oh, oh man. <laughs> there was an article about a woman who tried to follow the rules and it was just oh, like, really? yeah, she just got recently? frustrated. Yeah, oh, God. It was on Vox or something. <laughs> yeah. And she was just like. I got invested in the situation yeah. with a person that was no good. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's she, it, it seemed like she said she was basically gamed herself into right. wanting to have a relationship, but knowing that the guy wasn't the right person. Right, right. That's interesting. I was going to say that it just didn't work because everyone kept rejecting her because <laughs> Wednesday and be like, are you doing anything on Saturday? And she'd be like, absolutely not. And then no one would call her again. Yeah. I think there might have been something. <laughs> Maybe something. <laughs> okay, let's see. Keep doing the rules, even if you're engaged or married. Rule 27, do the rules, even when your friends and parents think it's nuts. Oh, my God, so culty. Yes. Yeah. We've got to race through these because we're running out of time, but I'll just keep going. Rule 28, be smart and other rules for dating in high school. In high school? This is where it's sad. Well, that's I can't even... Where my yeah, friends, your friends were doing it. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. Take care. Rule twenty nine. Take care of yourself and other rules for dating in college. Okay, that one also, sounds okay. But the idea of trying to focus on marriage in, in high school. In high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> wow, that's, that's exhausting. That's awful. Rule thirty. Next, and other rules for dealing with rejection. Um, <laughs> I wonder if there's anything. <laughs> Um, rule 31, don't discuss the rules with your therapist. Ugh, so many strong feelings about this one, clearly, as a therapist myself. Yeah. Rule 32, well, I just mean it's so culty, and you're only cheating yourself if you don't be honest, if you're not honest with your therapist. Yeah. 
Rule 32, don't break the rules. Rule <laughs> A vocal response to each one, but not an actual word. Rule 33, do the rule and you'll, you'll live happily ever after. Oh, that's yeah. such a light That's so sad, yeah. yeah. Rule 34, love only those who love you. I mean, that one sounds okay. Rule 35, be easy to live with. Don't forget to <laughs> <laughs> So terrible. That's such a bad one to end on, too. Such a bad one to <laughs> I'm just going to take a deep breath after that reading of those awful rules. (laughs) Moving forward, we got someone from New York City talking about our topic of how dating has changed in their lifetime in relationship to technology. And they said, calling someone up to ask them out is old school and confident. Texting someone to ask them out is weak sauce, and everybody does that. (laughs) I thought that was funny. uh, How do you react? Well, I do think that calling people is something that people just don't engage with anymore, and I think that's a little bit sad. So I I like the idea of calling people, you know. I have a couple of friends that still make phone calls, and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I actually like this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's few people that I actually want to talk with on the phone for a long time. (laughs) But but I I thought that was an interesting comment. Yeah, yeah. no, and it's definitely a a flip because when we were growing up, having being on the phone for hours and hours and hours seemed to make all the sense. And I remember actually having conversations with people about, like, how texting was so impersonal. Right, right. just call me. (laughs) And then there was a ton of questions, or a ton of kind of comments that we didn't get to, but just a lot of people sharing about how social media has really made it difficult for them to kind of move on and heal after relationships, having to either decide if you're going to maintain the friendship with the person on Facebook or Instagram after you break up and then having to evaluate how the breakup was and if it would be okay for you to still kind of be in their life on their social, you know, and then what do you do with the photos that are shared online or you don't have the kind of shoebox that you can just push away under the bed or under the closet that kind of contains the memories and you can't cut them up, you know, there's a lot of things like that that were shared about kind of more modern changes in relationship to all the social media and just how it's changed, you know, how we think. Okay, well, we have to kind of wrap up, which is, yeah. again, so sad. It really seemed to go quickly, and I know that you have so much more on your well, we've done, like, just a live one-hour show, so, yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea. I definitely wanted to come prepared. So. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. I, it was yeah. really amazing. It was so really fun to have you. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for having me. I want to give, of course, before we finish officially, I want to give one announcement. Speaking of the whole idea of... <laughs> having to hear yourself live and do this experience, I did a new experience for me recently, which was I participated in this show that was just, my episode is just released today, and I got to act as myself as a therapist on the show. So it's a show that was produced by Thrillist Entertainment, and it's released only on Facebook, and it's called Please Understand Me, which is originally the title of a book, and it's basically, it was executive, I should tell a little bit more, it was executive produced by Sarah Silverman and created by Ahmed Weinberg and Stephen Feinartz, and it's very funny, they're little short episodes, there's, I think there's three that have been released so far of the show, and the whole premise of the show is it's two comedians come to a therapy session with a real therapist. So in my episode, I'm, I'm the therapist because this is my amazing. profession. And I wasn't given any cues or anything. I didn't know what they were going to talk about or what was going to happen on the show. So they basically did a whole improv of a fictional fake story about <laughs> a fictional relationship. But they're comedians and they're wonderful at just improv, you know, doing an improvisational story that has all sorts of 
hilarity and you know it's very funny so I got to watch myself on camera as a therapist and acting but acting as myself so it was but you can be actually for sincere though right yeah mostly <laughs> <laughs> I was just confused <laughs> Because their story is so wild and so funny. You guys should really check it out. I was really laughing so hard. And also, like, just laughing so hard that my own self-criticism of seeing myself on camera was turned down. Because I was just like, not that it was so harsh, but I just never seen myself on camera in that way. I had previously years and years ago, but for such different purposes. And it's it's such a different experience now. So, yes, I'm playing myself. Anyway, it's very funny, so I want to tell everybody to go watch it. You can go watch it on Facebook. The page is just called Please Understand Me. And, yeah, my episode is out today, so you should watch yeah, it yeah, and check it out. It's out. I mean, I think it's very funny. Again, my role in it is I am just a vehicle for the comedy to happen, so I have a very limited but you were role. Chosen. But I was chosen. Look at this. They did pick me. Yeah, so... So that, and then where do people find your podcast? I want to give people a chance to find you. Um, my podcast is What's My Thesis. You can find us on iTunes and anywhere else that you might find in Google Play. And you can also cool. find me on Instagram as at What's My Thesis. Cool. And then if you are listening now, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast on Soul Friend, then please subscribe. Please rate it. Do all the things. Tell your friends. Send us questions. You can always send in questions to the show, 213-54-LOVE-0. It's the number. You can always text to that number. You can also send in questions to my email, which is soulfriendradio at gmail.com. And I guess with that, we will be out, and I'll be back in two weeks. Thank you so much again for coming out. It was a pleasure to have you. Sex questions? Love questions? Send me your submissions either as a text or voicemail to soulfriendradio at gmail.com. Please include your age and any information that you would like me to know about you. You can find more episodes of the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is recorded live at K-Chung Radio. Love you, K-Chung. Special thanks to my station manager, James Nelson. Thanks to 1,000 Birds. Our theme music is by BoomBit. Thanks for listening to Soul Friend Radio.